To me, one of the really big joys in life is being able to meet different people, people who are interesting, people who shape our lives, who influence us, people who can teach us things, people to share experiences with. And if we're really fortunate, we get to spend you know, more than just a moment with these people. And maybe it's a year or two or, or more, a decade. And we get to have this little dance as we kind of go through life and share this connection and share this experience. And to me, one person who has been there for the last 10 years is a guy named Cole Clayton. And I originally met Cole through another friend, Chris Jones at Primal Movement, who also is a great mentor and is a, is a wonderful friend as well. So today I was fortunate to be able to get Cole on for a conversation. This one's a little bit longer. We talk about a little bit about the journey that we've shared together. And then Cole has Cole is, is someone who I'm not able to put into words. For me, he is a mentor and a coach uh, at a professional level. So I work I do work with Cole now regularly and have in the past uh, at different stages in the last decade. And often this uh, this work is is life changing, and often will come about in times of struggle, in times of difficulties. I'll reach out, and Cole will will be there, and he'll play a really important, powerful role, and um, really help. And then we've also done some great work together uh, professionally, and Cole's come along and helped facilitate on two of the retreats meditation movement retreats that have been unplugged that we've run, which have been amazing. And there's no doubt in my mind that hopefully the continue, the journey continues to go, uh, continue from here and, and grow from here. And so without further ado, I'm going to put this episode on. I hope you enjoy it. Here's my first podcast with Cole Clayton. Hi, it's John. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. So so let's go back to, it was, I think, it was either 2009, 2010, when I met you uh, through, did I meet you through the store or did I meet you through Chris? Were you at Primal then too? No, I wasn't. Okay, so I met you, I must have met you through, literally through the store. I think it was a bit of both. I think it could be Chris and the, sh- and the store. Yeah. Yeah. Or, could, or maybe it was just the store and then I said, do you know Chris? And you were like, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, no. Yeah, because I remember now because it was just in the store and then I said, oh, you should look at this. And you said, oh, yeah, my, I've got a coach. He's called Chris Jones. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was back in Crow's Nest yesterday. I walked past yeah. the store. Yeah, I saw Cam and went to Crow's Nest, caught up with a guy, and then um, walked past the store. But so, I, so I had a running store in Crow's Nest retail. I think I must have only been six months into it, and you were based in Crow's Nest, so North uh, Sydney's like kind of north side. Maybe just give us a bit of background um, what you were doing there and um then i'll we'll kind of talk about how we connected a little bit 
a little bit more from there, but maybe it was like, what were you up to um, a little bit on where your journey was at and yeah. kind of who was Cole at the start of that, that sort of 2009 period, I guess it was. Yeah. Well, that was quite a period in my life. Um, I was there because, because um, I used to work with this other studio and, and I, I got uh, unceremoniously asked to leave. <laughs> For, for inappropriate mu- loud music and dancing in the studio and various other offences that I committed <laughs> didn't empty the bin and so forth. Because um, I, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm quiet by nature, but I'm also can be a bit of a rogue um, and a bit, uh, I guess, emotional at times. So I think that side of me had got the better of the guys that were running that studio and and then I uh, I was <laughs> I was gonna get a bit of PR and um, the Daily Telegraph or some such quality publication came um, and this girl in a um, leopard skin dress interviewed me <laughs> and um, she basically then published an article which which made me look it, it was within a frame that made me look stupid you know yeah and funny enough it's 11 11 as i as i say this i just glance up at the time it's 11 11 so it was a big time of change that time and so they these guys kind of looked at the article just making me look stupid and their name was their business name was mentioned and blah blah so i i, I was kind of like well i've got all these clients i've got an income anyway it wasn't exactly a thriving business i have but i have enough of an income and i I'm kind of uh, location specific, so what am I going to do? And I was basically living out of my car, um, and <laughs> and I just pulled up in Crow's Nest next to this building, and uh, and 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 it had a for, for lease sign in, it. and I was like, rang the guy, and he's like, yeah, I'll come down. And so, long story short, I converted that old photography studio in Crow's Nest into a exercise and holistic health, I guess, because I was really into the Paul Check stuff at that point, um, studio. So I had a little bedroom out the back and kitchen and a 40-square-metre gym yeah. um, training studio. So it was actually pretty cool because I could live and work in the same space and be in a pretty cool location, you know, just bike riding around. And then there was a whole bunch of um, other cool stuff going in Crow's Nest at that time, like your shop and um, another friend of mine opened a cafe and we were all kind of, you know having a good time it was, it was fun I just kind of ca- had work as a hobby and just like lived life and and then yeah I was learning all about um I just met a dentist Tony Ansel and he was teaching me and or starting to open my eyes about like the possibility of airways and breathing and um dental orthopedics so growing face bones and um the soft tissue ramifications of all that and like, it was a pretty actually pretty exciting time for me i wouldn't say fully grounded but definitely exciting yeah tell me uh, what you were you know you had the studio you had a, a group of clients and you mentioned the check stuff and obviously yeah. that was a bit of a tie-in um when i kind of started looking at the training and physical stuff i was just so fortunate and grateful to, you know, meet Chris and get introduced to uh, what he knew and, and then to you. So when you were working 
Uh, maybe just talk a little bit about the work you were doing with the client list that you had, say, kind of prior to this uh, Tony Ansel stuff and the breathing and the facial stuff. Was it, were you doing like, would you have called what you were doing training, like exercise coaching? Like, what did you consider yourself or what was the work mostly back then? Or was it already a mixture? There's a bit of a mixture, um, I would say. You know, I, I was had done Paul Check's Level Three certification program by that point. So I, I yeah, you know, it's a funny thing because what do I call myself? I've been struggling with that one since twenty years. Um, like personal trainer, yeah, I was doing a bit of personal training for sure, but with a with a real corrective exercise bent to it. So mm-hmm. really ensuring that as much as I could posture and joint range of motion and and goals was incorporated into it. That was the kind of bread and butter, but yeah. it didn't really interest me. I was kind of more interested in, you know, um, chronic pain and those kind of cases and how that, how that relates to um, structure. Yeah. But at that stage, probably even more energetics, yeah, you, I remember there was the art as well. Like you were already, um, we'll talk about when I walked into your space as well at some point. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I, I've got a degree in fine arts. That was my original degree with a major in painting. Yeah, um, and drawing. So I kind of had that there, and I don't want to go into the whole why I got into personal trading thing or how that all evolved and eventuated, but. That's where I was, I guess, and like Paul's stuff is very, you know, if you're going to be a Czech practitioner properly, well, then you have to do some form of introspective inquiry and and some sort of, we'll call it spiritual development. So in terms of that, I I was interested in that, still am, um, in the sense of how does it affect our physical body. Mm. So about the time... As I got to know Tony, and I think it's probably, I'm pretty sure. Did we do like chakra muscle tests when you came in? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. we did that and a few other things, but yeah. So, so sure. Tony was interested in the electromagnetic kind of environment as well, which he accessed through what he called the energy meridian system. So Weber is meridian mapping and how that potentially relates to the chakra system. Um, it's kind of his window and then we kind of figured out that with the coaching sort of method that I'd evolved with him um, just through him sending me people um, we kind of worked out a little system of testing the chakra system and then I had like a a formula for coaching that changed with every person but kind of had the same backbeat Mm. every time the same sort of structure um, so it had an, a room to flow, but it also had a beginning and an end. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I used to do that kind of work and I was just kind of probably at the time when we were hanging out at that stage, I was evolving that, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say earlier when you mentioned you, you, that thing around knowing what to call yourself and kind of <laughs> glanced over it there a little bit too. Um, I w- like I was trying to think about what I would call you as well. <laughs> and obviously like, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of words, you know, pop up like, um, you know, that you mentioned coaching, and you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's like, you know, 
I could probably throw 20 different words like transformational, deep, like intuition, all of these words. But then what I'd have to do is then back us out of all of those words at the same time. You know what I mean? It's kind of because um, each one carries carries something with it. And then, you know, as the journey that, you know, I'm having with you keeps going, it's like it then backs out of each of those words too. And it becomes something less tangible, but something greater at the same time. So yeah, that's kind of a cool thing, you know, having that, um, that question mark or, or, uh, almost not an ability, but uh, you know, I can't position it either for you, which is cool. Let's, let's <laughs> stay away from transformational coach. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, so you came, so one of the questions, so just a quick story for people, um, Cole, in terms of my world, I was running the running shoes store, basically selling, uh, our thing really in hindsight was, was taking people who, likes to run and what I did through the way I was taught sales from my mentor in the retail was uh, basically we're transforming people into runners here. We're not selling shoes. We're talking to people, finding out about their journey, their injuries. Everyone would come in and I'd watch them run outside, not on a treadmill. And it was really just talking to people and it didn't always mean selling them shoes. Sometimes it meant come back in you know, a month and, and try this with your technique or whatever. And so it was uh, a little bit counter to the shoe culture, which was based on the sort of wholesalers, which were based on selling the most supportive shoes or the most shoes you could. We would sometimes uh, purposefully not sell that, make the sale um, to then transform them and kind of get them further along that running journey. And so we'd always watch them run. And so when Cole came in, we were talking about, I had met this guy, Chris Jones at Primal Movement and, and had had very little, a little bit of insights into Czech's um, greater work. I don't know if I did level one. I hadn't done HRC one then. But Chris had, Chris had shown me some stuff. And so I'd um, been interested in, in the language that Cole was throwing around but didn't know what anything meant. And so Cole came in and he would muscle test or um, use kinesiology testing alongside. I would look at people run and walk, bring out what I thought was some, you know, some fits on the shoes, ask some questions from that side. Then Cole would um, kind of step into his side of it and together, you know, they might walk away with um, something different to what I would have, you know, chosen. And it was this kind of cool way of, um, of sort of shopping, <laughs> you yeah. know, it was like a team effort, right? And then the, the person had this set of shoes and then that feedback loop kept going. It wasn't just finished then. It was like, how are they doing with the shoes or whatever? And so at one point in time, this kind of was raising the curiosity flags for me. And I was like, what's he really doing here? So I just said, look, I think you, you needed some shoes. So we did a, um, we did a swap and I was like, look, uh, do a session with me, take me uh, down to your space and show me what, what you do. And I had no idea what, cause what it really was. So we walked, I went down to Crow's Nest after work sometime. And at the time I was just doing like tons of endurance sports, like, you know, 50, 80 Ks on the bike before work and then running home and all of this stuff. And, who knows what I was eating and I, was in this. <laughs> I walked in and then you like, I, you go, I said, what are uh, you go? What do you want to do? And I said, well, whatever you think and Cole kind of just starts asking questions, you know, and, and 
we did some stuff with the muscle testing, you know, and when you'd ask some questions and then at one point I'm laying down and there was like a few crystals involved and there's <laughs> other questions involved, but I'm going to pass it back to you. Cause basically I remember being Cole knew, you knew my whole, you knew some stuff around what had happened growing up around moving the fact that I hadn't had a, um, like a home, like a, a set location, we'd moved. Obviously, I was born in a place, and by before two, we'd moved, you know, two or three times or, or twice anyway on boats and whatever. And then throughout our upbringing, just constantly shifting houses or, or countries a couple of times. And you knew these things before we'd had any of that conversation uh, and other stuff too, but this general feeling of a lack of a home, what I considered a home. Uh, back then. And I asked you, I said, well, what's, how you, how do you know? Cause it hit me pretty hard. A lot of the stuff, cause the session kept going and we talked about my future and that Ooh. I was like, how do you know, how did this happen? How do people, how do you know these things, this intuitive nature? You mentioned you already had this coaching um, sort of slant with the work with Tony what is this that you could talk to us about that is this, you know, I don't want to use the word like holding space because it's something else. It was this thing where people A, wanted to share and B, felt felt like it was a good place and safe to do that, this kind of permission without voicing it. And then maybe like thirdly, like where does that, knowing or where did that come from you know is this something you've you've had for a long time when you were younger well <laughs> huge questions um <clears throat> so in terms of people wanting to tell me stuff i've always had that i've had I, when i was a kid adults used to come up and tell me shit you know like <laughs> tell me about their their problems in a way. Um, other kids used to come to me and say, you know, this is going on or, um, you know, I'm having trouble here. And I was, I kind of stuck up a bit for the, the downtrodden, I guess. Um, and I can remember one time someone just bagging out this kid. He's just, you know, he was just challenged. And uh, I said, well, that's pretty tough, mate, you know, picking on him. And uh, started a bit of a fight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, my mum was a teacher at the school, so they, they were always a little bit hesitant to bash me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I always seen that, like, identify with people's um, challenges and struggles. Mm. and just feel it you know like just go like I can remember that kid I can't even remember his name I can see his face and the, it was the big alpha guy that you know was basically pushing all these books out of this kid's hand and I'm just like oh good on you man like so tough sticking you know picking on the weakest um and so yeah I've always had something that in a sense people trust um also, I'm not a bad mimicker, so I'm a, I'm a, and that's a blessing and a curse because mm. if you think about the principles of NLP, which I don't really like, because um, I find I think it's kind of 
using using autonomic cues um, to lull someone into a false sense of safety <laughs> um, in a conscious way. So, like, you know, if you wanted to get my trust, you'd start mimicking my actions and mm. speaking in a monotone voice like I do, <laughs> you know, trying to match, <laughs> match my stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, oh, wow, he's like me, I trust yeah. him. Yeah. which is kind of crap but from my point of view i'm just naturally a mimicker mm. um, it's like a empathy or compassion thing i guess um so but I, it's also a problem because i can shape shift too readily into other people's archetypes mm. like paul would be paul check would be a great one there like he's such a strong personality and he's you know he's done um pretty amazing stuff like by sheer determination so he's a really um strong presence in that sense and i would kind of i guess like want to be like him mm. so i'd probably mimic some of not the way I, I don't talk in that sort of squeaky american accent but um just like mannerisms right yeah yeah, and, yeah, so, yeah. and systems because his system he's actually got a predefined system so he talked about the chakra systems and the way they developed over seven-year cycles. Um, and I suppose somehow there's a resonance in there for me with that, um, especially once we started kind of testing it with Tony. Um, and I'd been exposed to a lot of kinesiology. I guess um, what I didn't say before is like that, that time before 2009, I'd gone through quite a a strong metamorphosis, so a very strong change in the way that I was and presented myself and was was in the world. I used to be a very anxious, tight, bound up, strangled kind of a person, mm. um, thinking I had to wear like Ralph Lauren polo tops and that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and I went through a few processes and kinesiology was one of them and then ultimately that led to something else called the grail. And so it's part of your answer. The grail was um, something that it's a, it's, a, it's a rite of initiation that you go through with, with other men. It's a men's weekend but it's, um, what's the word? Um, strangely it's not the right word like it's a juxtaposition because it's 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 um facilitated by women yeah so you've got you've got 20 men in a room and you've got these three women that are facilitating a weekend three days and that first grail i did which was february 2009 was off the scale i mean it was just the most like life changing paradigm like it's just like it just popped me open like it just it, it wasn't a, it wasn't gentle it's just like it was like you know boom. yeah you want your light out there man like what what why 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 have this cape of darkness and fear and metal and armor around your heart constantly well i can tell you why but it's not relevant now but it's just like we're not we're not going to like start just pushing that away it's just like far out just blown apart and i was in that circle the first time and i was just like they said you know will you stay here for three days and i said like i'm stuck here 
I, I can't because it was in the middle of nowhere. I was like, but if I could, I'd be out of here right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't leave. And so I had to go through this. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to go through this fucking weekend. And by the end of it, yeah, it's like everything that I wanted to be in myself, by the time I stepped away from that weekend, I had it. It's not that... It's not that, um, you know, that life became easier or I, like I had, you know, all these material things I wanted but the way that I wanted to be in the world and in, my, in myself first and then in the world, I touched it, touched it in that weekend. I walked away with it as mine. I'd seen it, you know. You, yeah. have to, you, have to, you can't just like walk out of these things and then, bam everything's back to normal because within a month of that i was living out of my car and kicked out of work and had nowhere to live you know so it's like oh shit like um it was such a high place and then all of a sudden like all of life was turned upside down but for a good reason i just didn't know it at the time but that would have you know sunk me before whereas now it's just like living into that you know mm. But the the grail also touches you into like a, a real um, uh, like the word is coming is only forest energy. Um, it's more than that, but it's like a it's a deep natural um, nature spirit, um, you know, kind of uh, wild energy in a way. Mm. Um, you know, the chaos of growth and nature. And it looks chaotic, but it's actually all in order, like divine order. It's kind of like that. So I, I get a bit of that opened up my well of intuition and then just basically copying people. <laughs> so copying Paul's system of the ages and chakras and then copying my kinesiologist and, and applying Tony's work to that, you just measure, boom, 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 measure the chakras with muscle testing chakra crystal that relates to each chakra on there and you know which one's a priority and then you go well these are the things that happen if chakra one's your priority like between zero and seven you probably moved around a lot is that right Mm. and 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 if you do it without being in the field so if you just do it as an observer only not trying to get a result um you know, nine times out of ten, it's accurate. So it's like, oh yeah, this guy's moved around a lot. And actually, the reason you came in, what you wanted was to do an overhead squat with proper shoulder range of motion. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I knew. I just like copied other people's shit and just applied it. You ended up doing some diaphragmatic release, I think. Which that's got... what I did at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is something we learned on levels the czech practitioner that's different to the holistic lifestyle but the czech practitioner thing susie taught us a diaphragm release which which makes a lot of sense in terms if you're trying to get shoulder range of motion Um, so i did that at the end once we sort of worked on that energetic stuff one thing i think we'll probably end up tipping into the breathing here at some point but one thing that you mentioned earlier there is that you you know this thing where you go to the grail and you have this huge like like sword cut through your reality and your your whole being and then you know this you you have this feeling of this way of life you know that you you experience and you take it away and and you and you said something where 
you had touched it and that you take this away, but it isn't, it, of course it isn't set. It's not this, like you go to one of these things and it's not, um, it's not done. Right. And, you know, when I saw you at the end, basically to cut the story down, when I went and saw you that day, no, we ended up doing the, the, it, we weren't there that long, but I think it was some muscle testing, the chakra stuff. You found out about where my upbringing then fixed the overhead squat. Then in the end of it was like, Oh, you don't, you, you, I wasn't really uh, fulfilled selling these plastic shoes to people. Yeah. And the conversation became around the relating with the people and the serving with the people and the connection with the people. And you said, you know, you're supposed to connect with people and work with people. Uh, it's not the shoes, you know, that's why it's frustrating because you just, I was selling these kind of like disposable things and not really solving a, um, solving a problem with the actual product and that we were trading and, of course, uh, I walked away in a similar feeling to what you mentioned, not as intense, obviously, because it was, it was a little bit more indirect. But then, of course, like five or eight years later, it took me to go through like th two or three other careers bouncing off different walls before I've come back around to that session with you and recognize that the significance of it but there was a taste of it in the session and you mentioned this taste of it and the grail with the shift that you felt and one thing maybe if you could talk to us about is like i've been i've been i've known you either worked with you professionally so you've you've helped me as a mentor or a coach or whatever you want to talk about uh for now 10 years uh, and it still feels like it's just getting started, <laughs> you know, like, and I've tasted that feeling all the way along. And it's not to say to minimize the impact of the, the work, whether it was uh, formally or just from observing you or working alongside you say in the retreats and stuff, uh, it, not to minimize the, the impact at any one time, but rather to look at this concept of a journey and to look at this thing where we get little tastes and we get little things, little drops come and come and come. But there's this other industry where there's this thing, come in for this workshop and we're going to shift everything. Come do this certificate, do this program, even if it's 18 months or three years and you're, this will all be clear to you. Cool. Talk to us like about this journey, you know, like um, this ongoing nature of the work that you do like what can you does that resonate at all or is there anything that you could expand on well you want to sell me a course <laughs> <laughs> oh in 12 weeks <laughs> oh i love those things man because like they promise the shortcut don't they you know and and they see it see it with people too that are like it's it's real it's not my thing at all but people are into the plant medicine as well you know they go and they do these things and whether it be a course or the psychedelic or whatever it is and then they come back and they're like oh yeah I've seen it all you know it, it doesn't really matter <clears throat> until you actually put those learnings into action you know because out here in the in the, in the world it's everyone knows it's it's not always easy 
you know there's bumps there's 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 things that you run up against you know like just this morning Inika went to turn on the shower and she's like oh there's no water in the shower and I'm like oh okay so I go out and check the pump and fiddle around and then realize it is actually the pump and take a cap off the pump and there's all these ants come flying out because they built a nest and shorted out the pump and destroyed the electrics and rusted it out and the pump wasn't installed properly, you know. And, like, yeah. I didn't really need that this morning, mm. <laughs> you know. But <clears throat> what what happens when we go and we invest time and effort in these um different programs whatever they are it doesn't matter what your flavor of things is whether whether you like like dancing around for three days you know in the bushes um, with a bunch of blokes just like being really honest which is pretty much what the grail is um or or whether you you know whether you like doing a solo retreats i know you like doing solo retreats solo meditation you know oh great but then when, when, when the shit hits the fan, when it's all going off, you know, if we just react with the same old way and the same old pattern and the same old um, stories, like I should have been strutting around, swearing and carrying on and going, oh, now I'm going to have to pay for this. I have to get a new pump and oh, I can't afford it, blah, blah, you know. Um, but I was just like, yeah, all right, let's figure out what's going on. You know, I just found myself not that I'm some sort of enlightened thing or whatever but I just found myself you know what I did was I, I put on a song actually bizarrely from the grail um be a warrior it's like you must be a warrior right <laughs> I just put that on while I was kind of trying to fix this pump and figure out what was going on just yeah. to sort of elevate my mood and just be like yeah okay all right, let's let's figure this out. Let's get it done, and then the resources appear. You know, I just checked one of my accounts, and there's the money I need, pretty much exactly for the pump. Yeah, it's like oh, that's good, that's handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so so like all the all the work that we do, and and I'm putting breathing rate training in with this as well. You know, like where the work that we do on ourselves means nothing until we apply it really get down and apply it in the in the world and that's that's what you've done with that session right like it, it took a while it was kind of like you went yeah and then um came back to it and came back to like that time that we shared and we sort of built on it and grew the friendship from that and yeah it took 10 years right <laughs> <laughs> it did. It took 10, 10 years. Yeah. yeah and oh, got, it took like, it took like eight or something to come back. It's been about 10 now. Well, 10 years since that session, like yeah. 2009. Right. Yeah. And so now you've got like, I feel like you're, I could ring you up in, at any time of day in any state and say, John, I need your help right now. And you would do whatever you could do to help me, you know, and, and vice versa. So that's that's like that's a solid deep friendship, and we both respect each other, and we respect each other's value, you know, mm. um, and time, um, and and and, that, and that, that's kind of how long things take. They don't take like it doesn't matter how much money you pay for your weekend course or your twelve week program or whatever. Like they they set us up for these things, and then these things. Like you said, drip, 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 and then all of a sudden you look and you've got a pool field that's like, you know, a nourishing well for yourself. Mm. 
And I yeah. think that's what I, I, I honestly think that's what all that life is about. It's about having the courage to say to yourself, I, I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with what I'm creating. Um, and I'm going to take these steps to change that. And you change that. And then being able to watch and trust and take risk and grow and, and then choose wisely those things that you do because some, a lot of those things, like, I mean, um, what you do, you know, like even just, um, not just, but like the, the, I know you've got amazing personal development programs, but the, the movement stuff that you do um, and that you've taught me just in the, in the short space of time that we've spent on that, that, that movement stuff in the movement kind of world is, is super important, so important to, to health and, and, and also not just physical, structural health but, or biochemical but actually emotional. There's real reasons why the movement side of things is critical to emotional health and yeah. energetic if you want to go down that line. Yeah. So, so you know, but 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 you can't just you can't just go like, oh, look at me, I'm bloody stiff and tight, and I I can't do that, and I can't do this, and you can't just you can't just walk out of your gym and go, oh, John was amazing, and then friggin' sit down and not do the exercises. Like you gotta you gotta do the movements, you know. <laughs> like you gotta you gotta do that, and you gotta do that every day because those that fashion needs to be de like deformed every day like we're, we're built to move you know um so yeah that that drip by drip happens um in 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 so many ways within our body and outside of it within our friendships our relationships um the sports that we do you know even how we breathe mm. uh let's talk a little bit about breathing um when so when I knew when I when I spent that little bit of time with you back then, uh Chris and the guys at Primal would always say, Oh, Cole Cole's knows, you know, talk to Cole about breathing, or Cole would, you know, Cole would say something and about CO2, and then I'd, you know, look at that up and there were little bits coming through the grapevine uh <laughs> back then, right? And then, you know, fast forward to, I think it was 2017, maybe when we did the first retreat and you came along mm. and, um, and there was some work around breathing then, but some really big picture stuff as well. Maybe just talk us through a little bit of your journey with the breath or with, with even thinking about breathing, how, how it kind of has unfolded a little bit. And then into a little bit of what you do now. I know that's a huge question. Yeah, it's pretty well, big, isn't it? Well, so it, it all comes back to that. That was such a pivotal time. It all comes back to that time. So, so in, in, in about February of that year, see, I was, I was in, a, in a marriage with a child um, for like nine years prior to that. And, um, I left that marriage and and about that start of 2009 and um, yeah I left in about the start of 2009 and I was doing ocean swims at the time 
you know, the ones around Sydney, like yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, they, yeah. There's heaps of them around Sydney and the Northern Beaches. Cold Classic and stuff like that. Yeah, I and mean, that's the biggest one. I didn't go nuts. Too many people, like. Yeah, I like the Palmy to Whale Beach. Yeah, Palmy to Whale. It was actually that one I'm thinking about that, that I was doing at, at this particular time. But, you know, I mean, you must have a triathlon where you start a swim and there's like all these bodies like moving over you. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. That's why I, never, I was like, never go on that cold classic, too many people. <laughs> just like, oh, that yeah, feels stressful. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. And then some idiot will just like purposely push your head down and stuff. And it's just like, oh, mate. Like. <laughs> anyway, I, I was worried about telling my parents about this divorce because they'd always said growing up, divorce is a terrible thing, you know. So I was kind of real worried about it. And I talked to them and they were amazing. And um, the next day I went and did the Palm to Whale Beach. And I got about, I don't know, 500 odd metres out you know, around that headland, it's pretty deep water. And I just was swimming like a dream, man. Like I just, I trained, of course, like there's the drip feed. I got lessons, you know, um, open water swimming and different ways of doing it to sort of conserve energy, but still go fast while you're going slow and stuff like that. And, but I just remember having <clears throat> released that fear and that anxiety around telling my parents I, I could just, Every breath I took, I was just like, yeah. it was expansive. Unrestricted. Right? Yeah, it was amazing. Unrestricted is the word. And that's when I kind of went, wow, like there's really a link. There's something in here in this breath breathing thing. And then then later that year coming around and, and having Tony kind of ring me up and say, you know, I want to meet you and stuff. And it's a long story. But um, kind of then then – sort of seeing that there was a window because I, I, I used to give people corrective exercise programs in that role of whatever I was then that we couldn't name. And, um, and uh, I'd make these like beautiful two-page programs, stretches, exercises, a couple of programs, and then I'd be like, right, so first stretch, we're going to lie down here, you're going to do this, you just breathe in, you know, and then people would just go like... <laughs> their tummies go in like they have paradoxical what we call paradoxical breathing programs so so just if you because this will be people listening when cole breathed in as we lifted his shoulders pretty much to his ears yeah. on the on the inhale with the belly yeah. so paradoxical is like inverted right yeah so that's when in the shoulders go up but also yeah. the rib cage goes in yeah so when you breathe with your diaphragm correctly your rib cage opens out and the diaphragm then can descend into that space and you have this beautiful negative pressure that's created in the lungs where if you breathe back to front where your shoulders go up and your ribs go in, then um, that's that's completely inverted, right? So, so many people would lie down, especially if they had pain, right? Um, and that's a study I'm literally doing now in my, my master's in osteopathic medicine. We're studying breathing and spinal pain. Um, but... Uh, I would just go, oh, okay, I'm going to teach you to breathe first. And I'd take the first session literally to teach them how to breathe. And so I'd, I'd, I'd kind of experience that. And then so much uh, part of when you do orthopedic and orthodontic growth um, development and rehabbing chronic pain, if you're doing it properly, you should incorporate a breathing aspect. So then, yeah, Tony, I said to Tony, I think I'd like to do that with you. And he's like, great. So we went and took a course on it and stuff but then 
you know, Paul Czech always talks about this big wider picture in the terms of what he call like he says that it, you know, if your dream is big enough, you don't need a crisis, you know. And so what he's really saying, like if you really, um, if you really know what you want in life, um, then when you hit up against those walls, you'll go, okay, the pumps, the pumps fucked, but. I'm, st- I'm still going to work and do this podcast with John. I'm not going to cancel that because of some pump because I really love that and it's and it's relate to what I'm here to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just not a it's not even a question when you've got that bigger vision, um, dream, purpose. I find those words kind of stressful. I find the uh, the concept of purpose stresses a lot of people out, mm. um, and I didn't really look at that notion and until I'd actually done some work around just getting that word away because <laughs> yeah. it's a very stressful thing. Like life should have a purpose. Like, is that really true? Like, does it, yeah. what if, what if it just is, you know, what if it doesn't, <laughs> how would it be without that? And it's just like, Oh, Thank fuck it doesn't. <laughs> 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 you know. I'm doing okay then. <laughs> yeah, so much freaking easier. Yeah. But then it then it finds you. You know, it's an organic process. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like making love. Like if you just if you just if it's just all about the dude, like uh, <laughs> bam, bam, thank you, man. And it's yeah. just like you haven't really experienced like the true connection and relationship that you could if you yeah. just you know do that. Whereas if you actually take time to, you know, we won't talk about sex. <laughs> but, um, but once once I'd realised that um, that our breath is actually so intimate with our expression of life, mm. so so you know, life experiences us because we're alive. And we experience life because we're alive. And the the quickest way to interrupt that circuit is to stop someone from breathing. Because as soon as I block both your airways, right, you you've got about five minutes of panic before you just start shutting systems down. You know, um, so so how we breathe really affects, in my hallucination, the way that I look at it really affects our ability to breathe life and for life to breathe us. Mm. So our interaction with life and how we, how, we, um, how we experience it, so much of it is linked to how we breathe. So the way that I like to teach breathing to adults, I mostly teach breathing to children, um, but if I work with adults, I always link it up to that notion of what are you actually breathing for, you know, um, it's on my sort of personal website because um, I picked it up and it was written on a card, that which breathes the vast universe also breathes within you and about that. So um, I, 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 I agree with that, that philosophy. Um, so when I now, like most of my work is with kids, like I said, um, and what I do is I always say that kids – before I even start anything, what is it that you really love that you want to get better at? <laughs> yeah. It's much easier to link. Yeah, yeah, simple. If, if you open up that question with, a, with an adult, like I said, it can be quite stressful. 
and it, and it might not be the right time, but if I'm really going to do breathing retraining properly with an adult, got to ask that. Like, because if, if there's, you'll find that with most adults that aren't breathing well, they're not happy. Mm. You know, I remember this one guy that came in um, when I was still back in Sydney and um, he, he was, he was so angry. Hey, like he'd gone through his whole life angry, um, but he was a mouth breather and we connected it. We corrected his mouth breathing um, in conjunction with a whole bunch of other stuff that he was doing. And uh, he started reading like Byron Katie, you know, loving what is and, <laughs> and he lost all this weight and he stopped eating wheat and, and he just lost all this weight and he's just like, I'm a completely different person, mm. completely different. Wow. You know? And breathing was really like not the only thing that he did, but he'd done a lot of work to try not to be angry. But how can you, how can you not be irritated if your breathing's not right? Yeah. Like yeah. seriously, yeah. you can't. Yeah, you can't. And I know because that's how I lived. Yeah. I lived for so long with dysfunctional breathing for like 32, 33 years. Talk about like, you know, I've got friends, you know, even myself, like when we've been people who are, say even people who listening are like in heavy jobs, you know, heavy like not necessarily um, traumatic, anything like that, but, you know, we're in, we're in like, you know, you live, when you lived in Sydney, right, even environments, you can be in a, in a great, you know, the, the, the work that you love and be in an environment that's got a lot of tension and a lot of deadlines, right? Like, and I'm not um, positioning those things as, as bad, but just maybe um, at some times counter to, you know, that sort of more chaotic nature that you mentioned of, of us as a human um, and kind of that more organic side as us, of us as a human. When we're in the, the kind of more mechanistic side of things and we're pushing and work or whatever, and maybe we've, you know, maybe there's some stress and there's some tension and maybe it's showing up in the breathing, maybe it's not. What's do you go like for people who are here and, and they want to continue with that kind of work or whatever it is they're doing, maybe their life's set up and they're kind of feeling stuck in that. Uh, what do you do? You know, how do you, how do you talk to people? What's, what's the process and, and is the breathing coming into this as well? Um, how do you, how do you navigate, you know, you've moved away now and, why was that and, and how do you help people to navigate, you know, this stuff? And to be honest, a lot of the times, you know, we talked about that drip, drip, drip and how I've talked to you for 10 years. To be honest, a lot of the times have been because of a struggle. A lot of the conversation around this stuff is because of it's not easy, you know. It's hard. Like it might be the pump got frozen, but it might just be something feels shitty, you know, something doesn't feel good. Uh, for whatever reason, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like who knows what with the mind. Um, maybe just talk a little bit about that general struggle and it could be linked to those kinds of jobs, that kind of lifestyle, or it could just be something else and then maybe into the breathing as well. I think it comes down to like having a little niggle, right? Like 
like and whether or not you listen to that so so <clears throat> some people have really s- stressful jobs and they love them you mm-hmm. know and you say like don't you find that stressful I mean, no man i love being this it's like i just get out of bed and i'm just like yeah you know and and that they don't have a little niggle you know like the it's this corny metaphor but the little piece of sand in the oyster that becomes the pearl you know um or or or, or um just the fact that you know you use you use shit to fertilize roses you know you use waste product to make something that's like ex- an exquisite form of nature with, with the, the color the look and the smell you know sensorially exquisite um and, and, and I think, like, a lot of people who are under those pressures and certainly in big cities um, have that little niggle. And it's the little niggle, it's, that, it's, it's what I call the quiet voice. So we've got, we've got um, I follow this guy on Facebook, he's an absolute legend. I don't know if anyone's seen him, did the, uh, the fuck it um, video it's gone pretty viral where he had the new jeans and he's like i got these new jeans he's like in his 70s and he's just like absolute legend he's richard wilkins is his name if you want to look him up and he's just basically saying like he bought these pair of trendy jeans and he's like i've got thinking at my age at 68 should i be wearing these and i thought fuck it (laughs) (laughs) and he calls the loud voice the negative voice in our head the script right yeah. So that the script will tell us that even though our quiet voice is saying, Cole, get out of here, this isn't working for you, the script's like, no, no, you've got commitments to this, you've got to do this, you know, um, you're not going to be anywhere there off here, you won't be able to get a job there and blah, 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 you know, and it tells us all these things. It's, it can also tell us, like, it's like a teledex of just going over and over your shit Mm. you don't have the skills for that you don't have enough money you'll never have enough money you're too old you're too fat you're too broke you're too dumb you're too bored you know it's just like boom 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 but underneath there's a quiet voice which is what we might call intuition and that kind of gives us a guide for where we're at and sometimes and definitely with me for for many many years for like like the, first, the front 40 years of my life, it, it was niggling me, really niggling me, <laughs> you know. And even though I was doing that stuff in Crow's Nest and mm. it was all kind of on track and it was all good and I could have, like, really expanded it and gone ballistic, you know, and it, and it was just like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It's just not quite right, you know. Um, and... And I think my kind of view on it is if your breathing is dysfunctional, which mine definitely was, what happens is you get an imbalance, um, long-term imbalance biochemically between, between the levels of pH and CO2 and how that relates to oxygen, oxygenation of the cell and oxygenation of your brain. Right, so your exercise tolerance goes down, your your sleep quality goes down, mm. um, your muscle tension goes up, right? So you're kind of already a bit physically niggled. Yeah. Um, 
and and this kind of um, kind of parallel of of not breathing well and not really being able to see and listen to the quiet voice and listen to and see and read the signs and you know be um, self reflective and open to the process of learning and and the drip 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 that you, you talked about um, kind of go hand in hand. So so I'm a I'm a big um, fan of of being able to work with someone when they're breathing um, and and just start gently exploring what what potentially is niggling you. Mm. And 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 the way that I kind of go into it is I kind of like asking a question based around what people love. Because I've got I've got a mate who's a who's a um, finance guy and he and he always done pretty well with money. Um, and I said to him, dude, like, what's the, what's the secret with this shit? And he said, you just do what you love, Carl, you'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, that's, I thought you were going to teach me to trade shares. He's like, just do what you love, man, you'll be fine. I love trading shares, you know, um, and, and, and it works out. And so it's, my question always is, uh, what would that allow you to do that you're not doing? It's just something I picked up from from someone, one of those courses that you take. Um, so, you know, if you love g- gymnastics, you know, if you were to do gymnastics, what would that allow you to do that you're not already doing? And you kind of do this process and it gets you down into this like, oh, right, I'm actually here to, you know, like the reason people tell me their stuff is because I actually really love people, you mm. know, like you. We share that. Mm. Um I, I love I love hearing how people have gone in their journey and ha- what work they do and 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 what their families like and you know like really especially interesting people people from all different stories really interest me like you know the person that that the, the guy that saw me in the dryer out of Lismore like he was so into selling washing machines and dryers. It was unbelievable. Like, I'm like, wow, what makes this guy tick? You know, he was on it. He was on purpose. He wasn't doing anything he wasn't supposed to be doing. Uh, He was full of energy. So, so I'm kind of like, yeah, what, what is it? Um, Can we just kind of start to mine in and uncover that, what that is? Because to me, I love people, but I also like to contribute and the way that I like to contribute is is by working with kids who suffered, who are suffering the way that I suffered. Because if you don't have your breathing right from a young age, which happens a lot, um, you just can't think straight. And if you can't think straight, you can't know when someone's telling you bullshit. Mm. So so I could think straight, and like you're just getting bombarded with all these messages from school, from you know the television. Um, we didn't have the internet then, but you still get all this crap coming in and you've got to be able to take that and go, oh, no, nah, that's not right. And the only way you can have that intuitive, quiet voice functional is not the only way, right, but one of the key ingredients to that is to be able to have your breath functional. And that's why if you look at meditation, yoga, you know, call it whatever you want, um, pranayama, like breathing life, you know, all those things, um, they all come back to this breath practice and breath awareness. Mm. There's a reason for that <laughs> because it's, it's, it's the key to, it's the gateway to life. 
and we're here to experience and learn and grow and bump into stuff and figure out what doesn't work and then what does work for us. Um, but but if you ve- if you're not breathing your vehicle right, you just you, you, you it's 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 a much harder task. There's some language that you've used a word that coming to me now, and um, when we I think you used it on retreat. So a couple of the retreats we ran, Cole came and did some amazing work with everyone and uh it was the highlight of the five days <laughs> of course but anyway the word <laughs> the word i think the word was it's this concept of allowing receiving the other word that comes to me is permission um and it's been coming up for me a lot like the last couple of years personally but also you know culturally seeing it as well uh even when you know at the gym looking at things like the breathing and the, the thing that's popping into my head now is, you know, you're talking about when you're working with somebody, maybe it's an adult and the language you said, what do you, you know, what do you love or the uh, ability that you have to tune in and to listen and to create um, the space for the person that it's almost like this unspoken permission. And then the tools or the way that you're opening up to them is like, it's, it's, and this was what I felt when I was with you was the permission to say, yeah, I didn't, you know, we, we didn't really have a fixed home or whatever, or it was the permission. And then also there's this permission in the breath and there's this allowing in the breathing. And when the breathing's dysfunctional, you mentioned, you know, your, your musculoskeletal tension, for example, one little, one part of it, uh, and you mentioned this word horizons, you know, allowing, seeing what's over. Don't take what I'm saying and follow it. See what comes, you know. Can you talk to us a little bit about permission, allowing, receiving, any of those that springs to mind if it resonates at all? Mm-hmm. Um. It's um, geez, man. I'm trying to think of something profound. I've got nothing. <laughs> um, you know, you invite te- us, right? Te- you invite technique, us, technique, right? Technique. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 we all want because we're humans. We want to know. Okay. So, what happens to you when you die? We don't know. Right, we, we don't know. There's various people that say, "Oh, well, you go this tunnel of light," and I've had the near-death experience and all that. But what happens to you when you die? Like, what happens to John Marsh when he dies? What happens to all this stuff that he's learnt in life? Like, what happens to all the teachings you have within, and all the knowledge you, have, intimate knowledge you have of how to move the body and 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 meditation and those kind of things? Like, what really happens? Right, and and what we really want, which is why we like um, courses and stuff, and we why we like listening to podcasts, even is because we want to find out those little answers and we want to find out those little techniques. If you just do this breathing exercise for two minutes a day, your life will change. <laughs> right, we want we want technique. We want an A to B. We want to know the answer. My, my partner's a classic. Whenever she's sick, she's like, 
why? Why is this happening? Mm. She has to go back and figure out why. Yeah, yeah. I caught it from my – yeah, like the yeah. exact verse. Either her or why the kids are sick or why she's sick. And it's, it's fine. Like it's not a bad – it's not a yeah. positive or a negative. It's just her way of operating. And once she gets it, she's like, right, I, I know what to do about it now. She likes to know why. I like to just go, yeah, I'm not interested in being sick um, and then take take whatever I need to take and – and just keep going and just basically pretend it's not there. And usually that fortifies the immune system enough to get rid of it enough. I get like sick like maybe once or twice a year and I'm literally, you can hear my voice, I'm getting over something that was bloody stubborn. Um, <laughs> but but we all, that's what we want. What supplement will I take to get over this cold? What, what, um, what, what course can I do to find my purpose? What um, technique will I use to do breathing? Will it be Wim Hof? Because when I did Wim Hof, I could do heaps of push-ups. Will it be um, Qigong? Because Qigong harnesses your energy. And so that's, you know, you do slow meditative movement. Um, but when I do yoga, we breathe like this. Yeah. Mm. And so which which technique of that is right and which, one's, which one has all the right thing that i need right now well none of them and all of them <laughs> right and so what sometimes happens is people rock up i um, had one the other day um because i'm studying at the moment osteopathy which is part of that whole dream purpose thing um and it fits into this it actually fits really well into this question I'll, so i'll come back to that um but I said to her, I said, take a breath in, have my hands on her ribs. I said, oh, you've got a learned breathing pattern. She said, what do you mean? That's something I see a lot, especially in, only really in adults, kids don't have it. Mm. Um, I can think of someone else on your retreat who had a learned breathing pattern. He might even listen to this. He'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but the, the learned breathing pattern is like, well, I've learned this technique of breathing. Because at yoga, they tell you to do a tummy breath and at, at X you know, thing I go to, they say do this and Wim Hof says to do this and he swam underwater under the ice for seven minutes so he must know. And so so you have, we, we, we have this learnt breathing technique. Yeah. And, it's, and that's like someone, you ever come across people with a really fixed mind? Like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. people in religion really get fixed ideas about like this is how it is and whatever doesn't fit my model here is the devil. You know, um, and and it's and, and it becomes like that. So then we get all caught up in our whole physiology and our and our central nervous system and our fascial system. You know, to me, the muscles aren't that important. Um, the fascia and the, and the nervous system is important, but the, the fascial system is like where it all happens. What I'm starting to see and feel. Um, and how that relates to the inputs that we get into our nervous system and how that relates to what we call autonomic regulation, so the regulation of all the processes that we don't control, um, including our emotional reactions to things, which kind of crosses into stuff we do control but we don't at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, so what I talk about when I teach breathing is not so much of a technique because everyone wants a technique, but what I want to do is just to one of the words i use is soften and open okay 
So, so, so rather than have, like I teach, like this is your intercostals, this is your rib cage, this is your diaphragm, this is your lungs, um, and so on. But rather than when it comes to actually practicing it, rather than go, okay, now I've got to do that with my rib, and then I do this, and I do that for time, I count to five, uh, and then, yeah, and then I should be fine. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just soften and open. Just soften and open. And you actually said Buddha in one of your workshops. You said the Buddha was was fat not because he was um, overweight, but because he was soft. No, the belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The belly. You know, the the, the laughing Buddha, the um, the fat Buddha. Um, I don't know what the correct name of that is. Sorry <laughs> if I've offended anyone. Um, it's not the first time. But um, that soften and open is is the key to a, like allow fluid breathing. And then what happens is, yeah, there are some techniques and some understandings to repattern your breathing. But then if it's if it's coming from a base of functionality, and then you start, you go for a surf, for example, and you hold your breath. Um, and you dive under a wave and then you come back up and you're paddling and, you know, you're trying to make it over the next set that's coming, you're paddling hard, like your breathing is going to ramp up. And if it's really functional and it's, and it's working well, then what it does is kind of your body's business, <laughs> you know. It's going to do what it needs to do. Um, it will change like if you're in that situation and the set's really big and it's freaking you out it's definitely going to change and then you can bring in some of your knowledge and change your breathing consciously to help you but just gen- in general play your breathing will adapt and do what it's supposed mm-hmm. to do and it's meant to do that we're not ha- we're not meant to have one breathing technique you know so the first thing is to allow your body to do what it wants to do and give it like you're talking about permission and then if you're talking about those horizons like those horizons will come you know the, the next drip in that journey will be revealed yeah it's like um that's the way that i taught that last retreat i went on i i rocked up i didn't have a plan i didn't have any slides i didn't have it but i said under the group i'm gonna i'm gonna use palpation to feel into you guys about where we want to start and pull at that thread and go from there, right? But you have to know what you're talking about to be able to do that. Yeah. I can't just walk in and start teaching a movement <laughs> class like you can, A, because, I, you know, I can't move like you for one, but, but B, like I've got some idea, but it's not, it's not really my thing. Like I haven't practiced it, yeah? So we have, we have to have structure and techniques around these things, but then allowing them to, to shift and flow the same way that, that that life does and what what life pushes into us yeah um and so you know in my story coming circling back to what i said about about osteopathy was that i was doing coaching and i still kind of had the niggle in a way um and i was kind of pushing and it was it was coming together but the niggle for me actually started um, a few years before that, when osteopathy started coming towards me, uh, and I kept running away from it, and it kept coming towards, and I kept moving away, and then I applied what I was te- working with people in into the coaching, which was around breathing and purpose, right, mm-hmm. and linking that together and mining into that, and then kind of pushing the rocks that we kind of all build up rather than do it in the grail in three days and get blasted to smithereens and not be able to fit back into society when you come back into it. But um, 
you know, just gently and slowly that process of shedding and then allowing to come up. I did that to myself because you can't really be a good coach if, you, if you're not yeah. doing what you say. And I just went like, I remember as clear as day and I, I had a coaching session with a mentor and I was like sitting now 38 and I said like, okay, if I don't get a, like my qualification now, so what do I call myself? Like in 18 months, it's going to be really easy. I'm an osteopath. <laughs> right it's gonna be super easy we don't have to worry about transformational right but i sit there at 38 years old and i said if i don't do this now i cannot sit here in another five years because i won't be able to live with myself because i will i'll be sitting here whinging going i could have been finished by now you know and they'll be like whatever 43 so i just opened up the computer and applied SEU and just 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 applied to go to, to enter the course because um, I just I just knew I couldn't live with that anymore so <clears throat> there's this piece of allowing and going like yeah oh man this is awesome we just see what happens we'll see where the life flows and the river flows but then we have to put it in some kind of tension sometimes yeah and then go talk, like, t- talk more about that because I, I like I see that as well in the culture there's this this allowing welcome whatever comes and it'll all be good. And then I've also, I see this bit on the tension too, like go a little bit deeper on that. Yeah. That, that which doesn't kill you only to makes you stronger. Yeah. yeah, It will unfold as it unfolds. Yeah. All that. Well, that's, that's great. Like that's great if, if it's something you want to go through, but like, um, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to do um, like the word intention, intention, you know, it's like, what am I going to, we were just talking about it at the, at the weekend in regards to osteopathy um, and it's written right here in my notes and that's why I'm just flicking onto my computer that I've got it, the first bullet point is tension equals growth, right? So, so, so if you have a tree that's growing up, if it doesn't have some form of tension in its, in its fibres, then it's, it's just going to flop. Like it's just going to be a, a flop. Like even a, even a ground crawler has some level of tension, you know, it's got much more water content and stuff, but it's just, it's still creeping out doing its thing and the tree's growing. It's, it's, it's harnessing the natural forces and, and creating them in attention to create the growth that it, expression of growth that it wants. And if, if you take, if you take one tree, pine tree here and another pine tree here and put them together they're going to grow similar but different Mm. like you and i both have noses with two holes and some cartilage at the front some bone here right but your nose and my nose they still look different but they pretty much function the same air goes in it spins around goes back down into the airway you're like all, all that hardware is the same, but the expression of what you do with your breath and the expression of what I do with my breath depends on a how much we do allow it, but b how much tension we put into um, directing it. Mm. Right. So you, you can put you can put none and just sit there and wait for stuff to happen. Best of luck. You can you can you can <laughs> you can keep other people's tension in your field. Yeah, you know, like well, I, I kind of, I, I have to, I have to do this job because you know, like everyone's relying on me. I, I really don't like it. 
Um, but I do it anyway because the money's good, you know. That's holding like your self-intention for something else that's not really you or you can, or you can wait and listen for signals and respond. Some people work better that way. Other people work better by initiation and other people need to be actually invited. Yeah, it sort of depends on the way we work. Um, but, but, but once that comes to you then, you, then you can choose to put an intention and then allow, um, allow uh, those, the forces that, that conspire to help you, you know. Mm. Um, you think about the alchemist, Paulo Coelho, he, said, uh, he says in there, when your, dream, when your dream is big enough, the whole, the whole world conspires to help you achieve it, something yeah. like that. But if you read that book, like he kept freaking losing everything and he'd yeah. make some money and then lose it and he'd get beat up and like it didn't, he went all the way to the pyramids and got almost killed and then they just said, ah, oh, dreams are a load of bullshit. I had a dream about some treasure and it was right back where he fucking started and it's just like, oh, man. But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't know the value of, um, I don't think that's the, that's the water, that's not the water guy. He couldn't know the value of, that's because of the pump, right? He couldn't know the value of, um, of what, he, what, he, what, what he started with. He couldn't see it because he was like, I'm just a shepherd tending these sheep and I've got a dream. But, but, but he was already in the right spot. He was yeah. already under, he was fucking sleeping on his treasure. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to go through all that stuff. Yeah. But, but each time he did and each time he came up to a challenge, he allowed it. And then he, but then he put it back in tension, you know. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, like you can't breathe without having tension on the on the tissues. You can't breathe without having um, pressure differentials, and their tensions are they not? I don't know. You're the engineer. You know, yeah. Negative, negative yeah, yeah. pressure, and then and then the air comes in. Like that's a form of tension, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and it changes, and then you get you get this air exchange, and that's actually really what drives it. It's not necessarily the muscles; it's the change of pressure mm-hmm. pressure differentials, and the muscles help to guide it. But if you if you kept putting your um, ribs out and you kept pushing your diaphragm down, like you, you're not gonna you're not gonna breathe properly because you just you would be breathing in, and you'll never get to breathe out. Mm. You know? And and we have those tensions through our lives. Like this interview has gone through um, some breathing in and some breathing out. Like today's gone through some breathing in, some breathing out. Our weeks go through that. Our seasons go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there, and those tensions and those allowings and navigating that, they're all horizons. You know, and it doesn't really matter if you if you go. Um, if you go, um, well, now I've got my degree, I'm, I'm finished. Like I've got 18 months to go, like, um, and it's been hell going through that process, but there's no way I'm stopping. Um, and and if, if, if I get to the end and just go, oh, okay, that's cool, I've got my degree now, done. It's like um, what's the next horizon of that? You know, and I'm already starting to plan how I want that to be and how I want to almost, in a way, disrupt things in that way. Um, so, 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 so we're always we're always going, and then and then once we master something, then the next horizon will come, and we and we need to use all the skills that we've learnt to that date to then go in and master the next thing. You know. Yeah, I really like that. I think, you know, a lot of the, even, you know, in the work, some of the work that we do, um, we do some, you know, 
kind of re exploring this concept of sales in people's businesses, right. And, and conversations and what is really going on there in this concept of tension and conversation. And when we have tension, maybe it's in, in forms of silence in conversation between two people or conflict of beliefs or invitations to come across to a different way of doing things, kind of the sale of an idea um, doesn't even need to be product or service, but hey, come, you know, what do you think of this or come try this or do you want to join me on this? And if it's not something that you do already, there's tension in that gap because I'm asking you to challenge your belief system or, or a pattern. And what you're saying here sounding like to me is like, you know, a lot of this, that work, say in a sale is around seeing this tension and, and understanding that as humans, we want to, we want to walk away from it. Like it's a lot easier to not go through the invitation as the person doing the sale. And it's more tempting as the recipient to say no and walk away as well and keep everything as is and go yeah. back to a slack situation. And it's kind of like what's, what is resonating with me is you're talking about this tension in our lives and it's like we can see pain, frustration, the struggle, which can be really visceral, like keeping us awake. Like, you know, it can, be, it can feel catastrophic and sometimes is as tension as a horizon and even though we're in the struggle at the time it's kind of going you know and i'm not hopefully not projecting too much here but like what can i learn from this tension or what's over this horizon of this tension kind of in that similar way is that sort of on track is that resonating yeah so <clears throat> It's like you're flipping it on yourself, you know, um, even in, in a heavy situation, you know. Yeah, but you can't always you can't always pull it off in a heavy situation. But yeah. if you if you come back after that, and then like like you know what's coming up for me is 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 in doing at in a in an osteopathic degree, we have to do all the way through. You have to do practical exams, right? So you're going in. With, with a, a student who's sitting on the table who's your patient that you probably you might not even know. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And often younger students. Um, and you've got a teacher there who you know knows more about you than what, what, about what they're examining you on than you do. Right? You just, they, just, they know more of what they know what they're going to ask you for one. So they are going to kind of know what they're after. But you got no idea. So you got, I got say, um, twelve techniques that I have to be able to do proficiently and know the anatomy of it, right? And like, I hate it, man. I, I hate it. <laughs> and I just, it makes me nervous. It makes me, and I can't perform, you know. But, but often when we get in those situations, I say to people, well, if it if it, if it didn't make you feel like that, it wouldn't be worth it. Mm. You know, like it wouldn't be important. Like if you were just cruising in and just going, yeah, no, it's easy enough, just go in, do a bit of this, no problem. Like it wouldn't really be worth you, why you're even putting any effort, like tension into that. Mm. But, but, if, but you know, like I went in to my, my um, the, the half term one last semester and I, I'd had a kid in, baby in hospital 
you know, like she almost died a couple of times. It was freaky. And then I had my parents come and then I was like, oh, shit, I've got this prep test and I need a quick rush to our study with someone. And, and um, you know, I, I, I failed it and, 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 and I failed it. I got nine out of 20 and, and she asked me things I should have known. Like she asked me attachments of breathing muscles for Christ's sake, you know, mm. and I just like, I just couldn't do it. And I, and I walked out and I said, oh, I'm just going to find a corner and I'm just lying it and beat myself up for a while. But then like, I kind of, you know, Eric Thomas, I love him. And he says, uh, you ain't good at writing because you never wrote. <laughs> Don't sit there and tell me you ain't good at writing because you never wrote. Yeah. So like reflecting back on for the next test, I was like, yeah, you don't know your anatomy well enough because you don't fucking study anatomy enough. You're not sitting there studying that enough. That's why yeah. you come out and it's all well and good to say, I'm going to find a corner and beat myself up. But, like, why don't you find a corner and sit down with a notepad and an anatomy book and just start really drawing it because that's how you understand things, by drawing it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I got this. So, so things that matter... You know, they do make you feel tense and they can make you feel nervous and then you can fuck them up and then, but then, then that propel us to, to, to go into the next level of excellence for ourselves, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying like I'm an expert at that and I did so well and blah, blah, blah in the second test, but, but it's, like it, 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 it's like Eric Thomas says, don't cry to quit, you know. Try to keep going, and but you've got to find that level and 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 find an ability to sustain yourself around a level of tension and intention that you set for yourself. Mm. Without, um, you know, go back to old Paul's metaphors again, which which he says, you know, how many turkeys have you got in your oven? Well, he's good at simplifying stuff, right? Like if you've got three turkeys and only a small oven, you ain't going to get Christmas dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to be pretty tense come carving time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, so kind of this concept of that, that sort of tension, fear, resistance, kind of flutter of the heart, like that feeling of um, unsteady footing can be a good thing, but it's like, also something that we need to dance with and and feel out to be better at understanding it to see to see how we can move through it so it's kind of like the practice of of stepping into whatever that is that's important gets easier as we start you know it's something that's a practice in itself with the caveat that it's something you want yeah so like i want that degree more than anything right now um because it means I can do the work I'm born to do, the, the, the work that's in life in me. Um, it's not coaching, it's osteopathy. You know, <laughs> I coached myself into that. Yeah. Um, so, so we can navigate the ebb and the flow of, the, of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is what we talk about in, in cranial osteopathy, the ebb and flow. There's an ebb and flow in all living things. In, if you watch a single cell organism it ebbs and it flows on a cycle right about 50 seconds and then goes the other way and our nervous system that's the principle one of the foundation principles of cranial osteopathy is that there's an ebb and flow in the nervous system and it expresses itself um so there's always going to be that ebb and flow and you've got to make sure that well not make you no that's a crap way of saying it 
an easier way to navigate the ebb and the flow is to make sure that you're within a field um, of, of that you want to you want to be in <laughs> because yeah. if you're not um, and you've got the niggle and the niggle becomes a yell and the niggle and the yell are working together you'll have a lot of tension a lot of tension and and that too much tension like that manifests as, as illness yeah. sickness disease and, and injury pain yeah. yeah yeah so it has to be we, we, we work we work and we grow and we navigate and we breathe through our tensions um, but we need to make sure that our tensions and what we create and what we put in tension and what we want to as something so if tension drives growth yeah. you want to be growing into something the tensions want to be pushing into something that you want to grow into yeah yeah right. aligning aligning with that 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 vision or whatever it is that you want to call it on a yeah. higher level yeah yeah if you want to be a straight tall tree which you don't have to be well don't don't put yourself on the front front of the like prevailing ocean wind because you're going to end up a bent tree yeah yeah or at least build a windbreak for it while it grows yeah <laughs> to use yeah. a tree analogy yeah Okay, uh, we we could keep going for a long time, but what I'd probably rather do is um, is do another one at some point. Yeah, let's do uh, one every week. Is there anything else that you want to talk about uh, of the based off of what we covered that comes to mind? Um, not not particularly. I mean, uh, the biggest thing I'd say is if any of what we've been talking about in terms of if you've got the niggle, all I'd say is um, don't go to Google, mm. you know. Like, <laughs> did you know I actually once Googled what the fuck should I do in my life? I seriously did. <laughs> what came up? I didn't get the right answer, man. It, it didn't say <laughs> osteopathy. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I mean is, like, if you've got... Now you could probably ask Siri or something, can't you? Like well, you even, even worse, man. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like... I know. I mean, it's a, like, <laughs> like... <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you've got the niggle, like yeah. I just did, about technology, like, um, don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. So what I mean by don't go to Google, like don't get all worked up about going, oh, yeah, I think what I feel that that's right. Like I feel that way myself and, you know, and oh, maybe if I could find, maybe if I had an obsession with him or something, you know, like be easy on yourself and be gentle on yourself. Mm. Um, I think I think that's what I'd like to say in parting relative to what we've said. And if you've already got your stuff in tension and it's all that, just like, yeah, just use your breath as a check-in to see if, if that it's just such a beautiful barometer if you've got, you can use your breath to just see where you're at in terms of that pendulum, you know. Um, but, yeah, if you feel you've got the niggle and you feel like you are in that in that unhealthy relationship with tension and it's not, it's, it's stifling your growth, then be really easy on yourself. You know, if you can, give yourself the space just to, to get away from the noise without any um, um, kind of without any goal on changing anything or deciding anything, 
yeah the, the space and the time to 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 unwind you know is we have to unwind those patterns before we can really allow and then create what it is we want to we want to move forward with yeah that's that's really good that's really good hmm. uh so do if somebody's listening and I, I, I mean, are you, I know you mentioned you're working, what would you studying and working with the kids? Are you interested in talking to people if they'd like to outreach to you, connect with you? Yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, uh, I love people. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, a good start. <laughs> it's always good to have conversations. Yeah. Um, if, if, um, I don't. I don't have a. I don't. I don't run a coaching business, mm. so it's not my core um, business. Yeah, I run a, a, a clinic, virtual and not, and bricks and mortar. It's both um, clinic for kids who want to learn to breathe well and learn uh, correct lip, face, and tongue posture. So that's that's what my kind of clinic time is dedicated to. I, I do have one or two coaching clients that at a given time but i'll also do um more kind of one-off sessions with with grown-ups because yeah. <laughs> go ahead i just say kids are easier to relate to for me <laughs> yeah i i i can you know i'm i feel lucky i get to do a little bit of work with you now which is very helpful and yeah well you've got uh, one of the slots <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if any and if anyone's uh interested definitely try your luck to see if you can fit in a fit in it's not like that right. i don't want to make it like all exclusive blah blah it's, well, just, it's just it's time though too you know yeah. and coming back to the same thing it is it's just it's just the, like paul's turkeys in the oven it's just yeah. i only have x amount of and also like i have to to do that, you know, the, the fee is reasonable. So it's um, like one of my friends, Sonia, says my fees aren't for everybody, you know. <laughs> and to, to, to provide the right value for that, I have to have the energy within myself oh, yeah. to be able to do it. So, um, you know, it's not fair to say, oh, yeah, I'll take on all these clients and charge all this money and just, like, give you shit me just being exhausted yeah because like yeah my like i'm studying literally full-time master's degree in something that's really vast um so it's just it's it's not that i don't want to it's just that like i've just got really limited windows of what's possible but but definitely i mean things like breathing assessment if you're up this way like northern new south wales um or even just tapping in and chatting for an hour and a half two hours um, just to sort of see what's happening and because sometimes you know what like sometimes there's structural stuff mm. like I've talked to people and like done podcasts and then they 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 contact me from listening and I'm just like yeah let's just have a chat like 15 20 minutes and I remember this one guy and I looked at him and I'm like dude like the reason you can't breathe is you've actually got a, a tongue tie like which is where this the thing is really, really short. Yeah. And it's like, it's a bit of a thing at the moment, tongue tie, but some people really do have it. And he really did have it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, that's why you don't breathe well, man. So it's like, that was easy. That was like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's longer. So I've got like one other dude at the moment um, 
who's who's got this this thing is the niggle is just too much and 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 we get on really well and um um so he's going to be starting up soon um and, and that will pretty much keep me um full for ongoing work yeah um but for casual ones for sure so yeah uh coleclayton.com.au we've got the um my personal site and then the happy kids clinic and clinic has a k at the start so k-l-i-n-i-c.com that's my kind of websites so you can go in there and have a look i don't do i'm not very good at at social media facebook instagram all that crap but you can go on there if you want i'll put the um i'll put your websites in on the little podcast show note thing yeah cool Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll get you back on. For anyone listening, though, if you do want to connect with Cole, definitely, definitely recommend it. Uh, I feel very blessed to have, you know, met you 10 years ago and continue to get to connect and, and you know, work with you or under you or learn from you in any way that I can. I, I cherish every bit. And, um, yeah. Well, we walk together, man, like – I didn't want to come and do a retreat in front of all those uh, <laughs> intimidating people. <laughs> when you give me a platform to, to go, oh, actually, I do, I do have some value to offer. You know, we walk side by side. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's quite the journey. It's a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Drip, drop, drip, drop. Yeah. All righty, uh, I'm going to call it there on this week. If you like the podcast, know if anyone else might be interested uh send them send it along that's the best way you can help otherwise we'll see on the next one as i mentioned last time some of them will come out more frequently and a little bit shorter a little bit of a shift in uh in the structure with the format so keep an eye out and then we'll for sure get cold back on here another time in the future thanks man good chatting